0: Longest Shortest Time is brought to you by Invitae. Your genes can tell you if you're 12% French or 6% Italian. They can also tell you a lot about your future health. When you take an Invitae genetic test, they search for meaningful health information, like whether you're at an increased risk for inherited cancer or heart disease. Based on your results, you may be able to take steps to potentially lower that risk. Learn more by visiting Invitae.com. That's I-N-V-I-T-A-E.com. When you're about to have a baby, I think we all have visions of what our new lives will look like. I mean, aside from the poop and the sleep deprivation, you know, babies can seem like an obstacle in a lot of ways, but they're also a chance at a fresh start, you know, to be optimistic, to dream big. Limi Maldonado and her husband Baptiste Chigo had a dream when their baby was born. They'd always dreamed of opening a French pastry shop. Problem is though, uh, they're French and they were living in Paris where there are French pastry shops on every corner, you know, kind of a a bad business model. Instead, they decided to open their shop in New Jersey, you know, a, a lovely place, a place I call home, but not a place known for its French pastries. Back in 2011, Limi and Baptiste's dream came true. They moved to New Jersey and opened Le Petit Parisien in Montclair, uh, the town where I live. They sell croissants, baguettes, paninis, tarts, eclairs, and their most popular treat, which they will soon make in-house, their colorful macarons, or the way we say it, macaroons. What Limi and Baptiste didn't realize is, like with most dreams that come true, there was a catch, something that would make their dream feel a little less dreamy. And that thing was the word mommy. This is The Longest Shortest Time. I'm Hillary Frank. I hope you had a great Mother's Day. Today, we extend our celebration of moms with a story about the intense weight of the word mommy. The mommy in question here is Limi, and I met her at her cafe to talk. You'll hear the macaron refrigerators humming in the background.
1: My name is Limi. My daughter's
0: name is Aileen. And um, how old was Aileen when you left France? Um, She was about 18 months. So just starting to speak. Oh, just a few words
1: like mommy, daddy, um, dog, cat. But
0: in French...
1: Maman, papa, uh, chien,
0: chat. Limi was, of course, thrilled when Aileen started talking. for For the same reason that we all are when our kids start talking. You know, when when your child starts saying words, it feels like the start of real interaction. It's like a window into their mysterious little baby brains. And the thing that was clearly at the top of Aileen's mind was her mother. Mommy was her first word. Mommys
1: is, is, I think, the one of the strongest words you can have. Uh, she's the person that gave you birth and the person that's, I guess, the most connected to you. For For me, I think it's one of the most important words in the entire world. and no matter what languages, it it's still the same kind of word.
0: Back in France, Mommy meant everything to Aileen. Limi was with her full time. she she was working from home. But when they moved to America, Limi needed to throw herself into getting the cafe set up, you know, to make her dream for her family come true. And so Aileen went to daycare full-time, an English-speaking daycare. Everybody
1: was talking to her in
0: English, and we could see, you know, way that she couldn't
1: understand anything, um... When we dropped her at daycare, at the beginning, she was so happy because there was a lot of kids. And when we came back to pick her up, she was crying so much when she saw us because she really think, I think, that we just um, abandoned her. So that was very, very hard. Um, But I think most of the parents are the same. When you put your child for the first time at daycare, it's always the same feeling. But the fact that she couldn't understand even the language,
0: that was tough for her. One day, Limi and her husband went to get Aileen from daycare. They were half an hour later than usual, but there were still other kids there. They found Aileen crying so hard, there was no sobbing, only tears. And, um, she stopped talking. Aileen stopped talking. The window into her developing brain just slammed shut. Any words she had to let Limi and Baptiste know how she was handling the move were gone. Except for one.
1: Mommy was the only word that she really didn't lose, but that was her only word for a very, very long time.
0: Was she saying
1: it in French? Maman, yes. (laughs) Maman.
0: Their first clue that Aileen wouldn't say anything else was, she turned to Baptiste, her dad, and said, mommy. And when she called him mommy, we just froze, like really froze, like
1: no, it's daddy, you know, that's daddy, it's not mommy. (laughs) And um, she just looked like she didn't say anything wrong and say, no, no, mommy.
0: (laughs) Would you try to get her to say other words like dog and cat and the other words that she knew?
1: Yes, we were trying everything because anything else than mommy will be um, a step forward. But no, she
0: really refused to say absolutely anything else than mommy. At first, they thought Aileen was just having a bad day, but a bad day turned into a bad week, then a bad month. Remember, Aileen was just a year and a half at this point, so she wouldn't have really been speaking in full sentences yet. But she should have had lots of words. Instead, it was just "mommy." Her dad was "mommy." Other people were "mommy." For objects, um, she just. Point and grunt. She didn't call them mommy. But people, people were mommy. Leemi says at least the way Aileen would say mommy, they could tell how she was feeling. You know, if she was happy, she'd say it quickly with excitement. When she was sad, she'd whine it. But for Limi, this word that used to bring her such pride and joy took on this sour meaning. The word by itself didn't have
1: um, the impact it used to have. Um Because it was the only word she could say. Like, I didn't know if she could make the difference between me and my husband. uh, Or me and
0: anybody else. Like, I didn't know if she knew me anymore. If Aileen was calling everyone mommy, how was Leamy to know what it meant when Aileen called her mommy? Did mommy just mean person? Now, you might be wondering, like I did... Didn't Limi and Batiste see this coming? Didn't they prepare, you know, speak a little English to Aileen before moving? Limi says they tried. They spoke English to each other around Aileen for a bit, but it would just take them so much longer to say anything. So they stopped. And really, they just didn't expect language to be such a problem. Limi herself was a multilingual kid. Her mom's from Japan, her dad's French. And so they mostly just spoke English with each other because it was a language they had in common. But this was different. The sudden language switch plus the switch to daycare seemed to really mess with Aileen's development. Limi and Batiste asked the people at the daycare if they recommended speech therapy or, or some kind of evaluation. But they said, no, nah, it's still early. Let's just give it some time. Limi and Batiste agreed. I mean, they they got it. The move to America made them feel lost too. So we have to learn everything. At least I didn't have to learn English. Um, But we
1: know how to learn how everything works around here. Like even in France, everything. When you pay, you pay the price that you see. Here, you have to add tax. So you need to get used to it. Um, When you go to eat somewhere, you need to add tips. Uh, When you go to the gas station, we don't know when we
0: have to tip and when we don't have to tip. Like gas station, do we have to tip? We don't have to tip. Limi's brother lives in New Jersey. So for the first few months, they were always calling him to ask about the ways of America. And in the meantime, they'd go to work every day at their dream cafe, where a huge percentage of their customers are moms with young kids. They'd stand at the pastry counter, listening to toddlers yammering away. And it was hard They believed what the daycare said, that Aileen would figure it out eventually. But it had already been three months. What if she didn't? Do you remember ever not knowing how to talk? (laughs) Talk what? This is, of course... Aileen! How old are you, Aileen? Four years old. I fell down one day, and I fell down two days. In the same place? Yes. Did you get a band-aid?
2: Yes. Nope.
0: It's not surprising that Aileen can talk now like your average four-year-old. But the surprising thing is that daycare, the thing that seemed to break her, is also the thing that seemed to fix her. Remember, she, she came home one day from daycare, and there was only mommy. You know, day after day, they dropped her off. Mommy. Brought her home. Mommy. Dropped her off. Mommy, brought her home. And then she didn't have
1: one word. She had a lot of words she could say back. And in French. And in English. This it just happened so one day. It just happened in one day out of the blue. It came back. Uh, and it was m- more than what she had before. So she was keeping everything in her mind and waiting, I guess, for the right day to be able to say it back. Um, so what was she starting to say? So, daddy definitely um then she was saying well what was that like when she first when she said (laughs) daddy what was that like um we kind of celebrated it because it's like oh so now she knows that we're here um she understands that this is our home and um and that everything is going
0: to be okay so what what were the first objects that she could say
1: um, I will say her doudou. Um Her doudou is a blankie. We call it doudou in French. And it's her more, most precious thing. If she doesn't have shit, she can't fall asleep. Then there a few words she was saying in English, but not in French. Like book, she couldn't find the word in French. Uh, and whatever is easier in one language than the other, she was saying in the other language. So if book is easier in English, she will keep book. Um... She, she's kind of lazy I can say because she's taking the shoulders the one that's just shorter compared with the other one
0: not lazy efficient
1: efficient exactly so she was more efficient
0: these days Limi says Aileen's english is better than hers and it's the language she speaks the most at home though they still speak french
1: est-ce qu'il y a des à un chien il s'appelle comment il est grand il s'appelle comment c'est le chat
0: French is the language with Aileen's new favorite thing to say, j'adore, which means, I like. Limi says Aileen will walk around pointing to things, saying, j'adore, princesses, j'adore, cookies. But the thing she says most is, j'adore... Mama. And, and so what does that word mean to you now when you hear it, now that she's come through and she says more words? has it come back around to being um, like a feeling of pride and joy?
1: Yes. Yes. It's um, no matter what, I'll always be here for her. And when, she, when she's sick at night or when she has a nightmare, her first word is still "mama." And uh, so I know that this word is only now dedicated to me.
0: Aileen is now at a daycare with a lot of other foreign kids. She starts kindergarten in the fall. You can find her parents, Limi and Baptiste, at their Café Le Petit Parisien in Montclair, New Jersey. We have big news at the show this week. In case you missed the announcement on our website, we have partnered up with WNYC, New York Public Radio. This is an amazing leap for this show that I've been producing completely by myself for the last three and a half years. One of the most exciting things about working with WMYC is that I now have colleagues. Way too many people went into making this transition possible to thank them all here, but special thanks this week to Dean Capello, Chris Bannon, Eric Dean, Fannie Cohen, Dan Jesselson, and my developer, Jamie Lloyd. Also, a big welcome to our new associate producer, Joanna Solitaroff. Thanks to Jonathan Menhevar for editing and to Julie Shapiro for writing that article at Transom.org talking about the abysmally low number of female podcast hosts. We are in the process of cooking up some really fun events and ways for you to connect with other parents. The best way to stay on top of everything... Sign up for our newsletter at LongestShortestTime.com. Support today comes from Diapers.com. Get 20% off your first order at Diapers.com with the code LONGEST20. That's LONGEST20. You can also use the discount on any of their other sites where you can find things like bubbles, shoes, lights, All first words from babies in our audience. Our theme music is by The Batteries Duo. I'm Hilary Frank, back in two weeks at three o'clock in the morning with a new episode of The Longest Shortest Time. And as always, if you have a story of a surprising struggle in early parenthood that you'd like me to consider for this podcast, go to longestshortesttime.com and submit your story.
2: Sha. Sha. Mama. I'm standing outside Smithsonian's National Museum of American History. Inside, there are like a trillion objects and I have to go in there and find ten. So we open the drawer here, and there's Indiana Jones's jacket and Indiana Jones's whip. What is this? Prince donated this <gasps> guitar. I'm Asif Manvi, and I am lost at the Smithsonian. Where do I begin? This place is obviously full of fascinating stuff.
0: Fonzie's jacket worn by Henry Winkler on Happy Days.
2: There are 156 million objects in the Smithsonian's collections. Here are Muppets. These aren't just objects. They're pieces of America's self-identity. I'm looking at a a robe with the name Muhammad Ali. Only 10 episodes, only 10 objects. That's... Pretty amazing. Lost of the Smithsonian is out now. Subscribe now in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.